HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is sponsored in part by Sacred, a not-for-profit that helps improve lives in the rural Mexican communities where heritage agave spirits are made. Since we obtained our official not-for-profit status from the IRS back in 2017, Sacred has gifted more than 32,000 Tobola agave seedlings to families in rural Oaxaca. These families are finding their cultural heritage at risk as access to agave is getting harder and harder due to the global explosion of interest in mezcal. Even as we continue to expand this program, we've also recently helped to launch a program that will build out three greenhouses in rural Jalisco to help protect four at-risk varieties of agave and three at-risk varieties of trees, while at the same time preventing these rare wildlands in Jalisco from becoming still more Blue Weber farms. To learn about these and other programs, visit sacred.mx. That's sacred.mx. If you love heritage agave spirits, please consider helping us protect that cultural heritage with a tax-deductible donation this holiday season at sacred.mx. Hey, Chicago, there's a gallery show going on that you won't want to miss. It's called Agave, and it features artwork made primarily from agave fibers left over from mescaleros in Oaxaca. I say primarily because there's also a musical instrument that looks something like a didgeridoo, but made from the heart and quixote of a matraquiche. Buy that and record a version of our theme song with it, and we'll feature it on this podcast. Agave will be on display in the Chase Gallery at the Epiphany Center for the Arts from now until April 9th. And every first Thursday, a different agave spirits company will be on hand to sample out some of the liquid agave art that we love so much. For details, visit epiphanyshy.com. That's E-P-I-P-H-A-N-Y-C-H-I dot C-O-M. Or... Follow the link from this episode page at agaveroadtrip.com. Hope to bump into you there. I am Lou Bang. I am Chava Perivan. And this is Agave Road Trip, the award-winning podcast that helps green geeks, bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. And today, Lou, what are we talking about? We are going to talk about rural Mexico. We're going to talk about this trend, this trend in uh, non-alcoholic, quote-unquote, cocktails 
And uh, we're going to tie it into rural Mexico, Chava. Yes. And I think that's going to be tremendously easy because we've spoken a lot of how the cultures that we visit in Mexico that we love, Mm -hmm. they're definitely portrayed in a very beautiful way by the spirits we love, Mm -hmm. but that there's so much more in there. Right. Well, I don't know that I would say so much more. I think the the reason that we love the spirits is because they reflect the community and the community is made up of, of, well, obviously of people, but then also of all these plants and all these animals and, and the water and uh, like all of these smells and all of these flavors. Yeah. And sometimes we even say that when we try the spirits at the community, at the Palenque or at the Vinata Taverna, and then we take it back home to the city and we try them again. It's a whole different experience. Right. And not that it's, a, it's, it's not that the spirit is better in one or the other scenario, but it's definitely informed by the context where it was made. And you're smelling all these things. The temperature is different. You're just in the middle of that cave of sensations. And right, well, cave of sensations. (laughs) Look at you. You're trying to get the chicks into you. No, no, no. Wait, wait. Okay, go, go, go. Yeah, that was too much. So yeah, so there's there's clearly this trend towards non-alcoholic cocktails, which I find really interesting because you know it suggests that now we're suddenly drinking things that don't have alcohol in them when we've been doing this for our entire life. Yeah, and I, I, when I think of someone that explained this to me in very simple terms very long ago is my mother. Yeah, She loves to dance. She doesn't drink at all. And she said, you know, I will be out dancing for six, seven hours and I will just be drinking whatever they will give to me in like that had no alcohol. So that used to be right. like Agua de Jamaica. She doesn't drink sparkling water either. Well, so. Well, you know, and that's and that's that's sort of my point, right? Like you, you guys had agua de Jamaica. You had, you know, these agua frescas that are just kind of like lemonades made from other things. Yeah. So, and they're all really interesting. And you're starting. You're not starting. I mean, you've seen this forever now uh, at, at the bars uh, here in the USA, where they're making Jamaica. They're making their own Jamaica for use in cocktails. And why can't that be the base for one of these non-alcoholic cocktails? The the fact that this trend. When we talk about it, we talk about it in terms of these "quote unquote" alcohol-free spirits. Mm. And I like and and what's what is an alcohol-free spirit? It's an infusion of uh, well, not infusion of water. And, well, yeah, yeah, I think it is of water flavors, which is what Jamaica is, which is what lemonade is, which is you know what all of these things are. Mm. And I think like there's this beautiful opportunity. You know, you can't, as a bar, you can't just make legally, unless you've been licensed, you can't make your own beer or your own wine or, you, you know, your your own spirit. Certainly you can't distill it. Um, so every bar and restaurant in the USA is limited to what's legally available around them. Brands, but, yeah. I'm sorry? No, no. And, and that's funny because, you know, when you talk about curating a bar in the United States, it's so different to what I think what we do sometimes down here in Mexico, where we are able... Well, you know, legalities uh, are aside, no, well, we're, no, we're, we're able to bring a lot of stuff that it's unbranded. Right. And and that makes visiting some of the Mexican bars so exciting. Right. Because it's right. like you've never seen anything in your life before. And I can guarantee that because it's not part of a brand. Whereas in the United States, the most exciting thing that you can get in a bar, it already has a label. Right. So right, right. Yeah, which, well, is, which is exactly <laughs> my point. Like, I think there's a way to get... 
not even the people who are following the non-alcoholic trend, but the people who are following this trend of, of agave spirits from rural Mexico who are so interested in these individual communities and what makes these communities special. I think there's an opportunity for, for bartenders, for restaurants mm-hmm. to, to access the different herbs and leaves and roots from these rural Mexican communities, the very things that define the what, what I'm guessing we'll call terroir of the communities to access these things and make make not tinctures, but like teas out of them that are alcohol free. Yes. And right look, last few days where we were driving all around Jalisco and Michoacán and I mean, the agaves we saw there were beautiful and whatnot. But all the different crazy flowers, fruits, vegetables, <laughs> some of which apparently, like, like they can make you high. Yeah, and but, we're going to suggest that you, ch- you like don't just take random flowers off the roads when you're driving through try, Mexico. Try, try them on yourself first. But also, like even even the the sweet potatoes that you bought, the huge pumpkin that you bought. That was man. Like, I gotta like. That, I just like, I'm gonna post insane. a picture of this. Like I am a big sweet potato and a and a big squash fan. And holy cow, I've never seen anything like this. The roadside stop in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Ugh. No. 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 And, and the coconuts they have there. It's it's insane, right? You have sweet potatoes, huge squashes, sugar cane coconuts all in one stand yeah by the highway god i'm <laughs> loving the idea of like a sweet potato tea oh man no no like and, and you know like I, I i was telling you this that when i was 17 i thought that the coolest thing i could do to make myself attractive to third parties <laughs> was uh well one <laughs> comb your hair well no that never crossed my my mind no pun intended but uh my hair <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, it was like I, I thought it was super cool because I love tea. Right. You know, that for me that was like the hi- highest epitome of, of of being cool. Yeah. And uh, I would go to people like, yeah, I don't drink coffee, I drink tea. So I did a little bit of research back then, and then like it was just something that went with me. Then I realized that nobody cared about it, nobody thought it was cool, but me. And then, <laughs> but then when I was in Shanghai Asia and stuff, uh, they don't have a lot of coffee there, at least. It's very expensive, very hard to get. So I started getting again into tea. And there's these houses where there are like libraries of different teas. And the yeah. level of specialization yeah. and the level of understanding that they have of the different leaves, the regions where they come from, the tree that they're you that they're harvesting from, like there will be different prices depending on the tree. Yeah, yeah. And they were yeah, like these yeah, are like yeah. this is the ultimate tree and the we specific only, tree, not the yeah. yeah. Like yeah. yeah, like beyond like the farm. Tule. Yeah, like <laughs> something like that. And yeah, I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I was yeah. like I was just blown away and it was just this and I, I, like it was really, really like a like a Gabby Spirits experience. You what? you will go in there pay I think like it was sixty dollars. Yeah. And you could drink every sample of tea. Right. That you cool. Right. Which which is something that actually has made its way to the USA in the last several years. Like the Billy Corgan, the, the guy who started smashing pumpkins, has this super high-end uh tea mm. house outside of Chicago in the suburbs. Like I, I so I think there's this opportunity to do that, right? Like just if if you know, if you're a fan of a specific community in Mexico making agave spirits or a specific palenquero, going to that palenquero, going to that community and sourcing some of these 
these herbs, these sweet potatoes, these roots, these different things, and bringing them back and making these special teas or drinks out of them, like A, you can use them for cocktails, and B, you can serve them just on their own to help people understand the beauty of these communities, right? And expand expand the experience that, that these communities have to offer to you. And even like, I mean, this might be a super wild thing for me to suggest uh, because I don't know enough about what makes a fortunate or beautiful tea leaf, right? Like I don't know, <laughs> but, but when I- You when, know what? Not knowing enough has never stopped me from doing yeah, something. Yeah, I know, Java. I know. But what I'm saying is like when, I, when you're in China or Vietnam or, or yeah, like even Taiwan- like the microclimates there, they yeah, are yeah, yeah. not so different to the stuff that you huh. see here in Mexico. And I'm pretty, pretty sure, even if I don't know anything about this, that there has to be a great potential of things that already exist in Mexico that can be that can make beautiful tea. It, 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 right. It, right now, it's just a theory, right? It, it is just a theory. Correct. So, so here's what I'm gonna do. I mean, like, I'm just like, I, I, what do we got? Like, probably three, four, five weeks before this episode airs. Sure. Yeah. Something, something like that. that. Yeah. I'm gonna reach out to a bunch of our uh, our Palenquero friends and see if I can put together like thirty or thirty five sets of herbs, roots, things that they would use in the community um, to make to make drinks, to make, you know, I mean, I, 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 I don't want to call them non-alcoholic drinks, but I guess they are, right? <laughs> yeah, they're not, yeah, yeah. To make their non-alcoholic uh, cocktails. And stuff that doesn't get you high, too. Right, that yeah. does not get you, right, right, no no ayahuasca. Um, and uh, and put together these 30, 35 sets, and, uh, and, and we'll make them little agave road trip test boxes mm. for, yeah, for Gringex bartenders. And, like, the first, the first 35 who... Uh, yeah, well, I'll make it 35 because I just said that. The first 35 <laughs> who contact us through the contact page at agaveroadtrip.com, we'll just ship them out of this this kit and see if we can't start something. Yeah, love this. Like, yeah. Imagine imagine if, if we start having beautiful tea, Mexican beautiful tea. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I love it. I love it because it's a way to take out of the control of these... Um, and I'm not saying that 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 the people who oh, make he's non-alcoholic getting radical. spirits, he's getting radical. I'm not saying that they're they're bad, but you know, I am saying the bartenders that we love so much make beautiful flavors. Well, let's give them new tools to make additional flavors. And, and this is such a grand opportunity to be able to do custom stuff yeah. that nobody can. Well, that they maybe can't get replicated by other people, but you can have so much control on this stuff. And, and the, I, I don't know, at least for me, I think the potential seems rather big and, and, and flavorful. Right on. Okay. I'll get digging. She the one. Well, see, Senor Lou, always a pleasure. Right back at you. Hasta pronto, uh, chavos. Adios, jovencillo. <laughs> this has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lou Bank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. 
Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly, eat responsibly too, and listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.